Greetings, beloveds, and welcome to The Word is Resistance, a weekly podcast hosted by Showing Up for Racial Justice. In this podcast, we explore the readings from the Christian Bible assigned for the week in the Revised Common Lectionary, focusing on how they are providing us tools to resist white supremacy's culture of domination, exploitation, and oppression, and how these texts can inspire new decolonial, anti-racist, and liberatory visions and practices to build a new world. As we find ourselves in the season of Advent, this time of waiting and preparing, we lean into the deep longings for new ways of being that bring God's new realm closer, that make love flesh in our midst. I'm Dr. Sharon Fenema, and I serve as the curator of Join the Movement Toward Racial Justice, an anti-racism initiative of the United Church of Christ. I use she and her pronouns, and am recording this podcast from my home, which rests on the unceded and ancestral lands of the Ohlone people, who continue to lay down prayers and raise up life on this ground in what is now known as Oakland, California. I'm honored to contribute to this podcast, which is geared toward white Christians like me, who have been searching for ways to resource and expand our capacity for racial justice. Like many of us, I have been deeply formed by interpretations of scripture that reinforce colonizing paradigms, white supremacy, extraction, and domination. In this podcast, we struggle to both recognize and reimagine what these sacred texts might have for us and how other interpretations can form us for racial justice, equity, and accountability. As white Christians, we have particular work to do in resisting these logics of supremacy, which we benefit from and are implicated in, in service to a more just future for all. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the Freedom Movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado, in December 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. As we begin our exploration of the scripture readings for today, I wanna want to invite us to ground ourselves with an excerpt from Joy Harjo's poem, for calling the spirit back from wandering the earth in its human feet. May this poem become our prayer, become our vocation. Put down that bag of potato chips, that white bread, that bottle of pop, Turn off that cell phone, computer, and remote control. Open the door, then close it behind you. Take a breath offered by friendly winds. They travel the earth gathering essences of plants to clean. Give back with gratitude. If you sing, it will give your spirit lift to fly to the star's ears and back. Acknowledge this earth who has cared for you since you were a dream planting itself precisely within your parents' desire. Let your moccasined feet take you to the encampment of the guardians who have known you before time, who will be there after time. They sit before the fire that has been there without time. When you find your way to the circle, to the fire kept burning by the keepers of your soul, you will be welcomed. 
you must clean yourself with cedar, sage, or other healing plant. Cut the ties you have to failure and shame. Let go the pain you are holding in your mind, your shoulders, your heart, all the way to your feet. Let go the pain of your ancestors to make way for those who are heading in our direction. Ask for forgiveness. Call upon the help of those who love you. These helpers take many forms, animal, element, bird, angel, saint, stone, or ancestor. Call yourself back. You will find yourself caught in corners and creases of shame, judgment, and human abuse. You must call in a way your spirit will want to return. Speak to it as you would a beloved child. Welcome your spirit back from its wandering. It will return in pieces, in tatters. Gather them together. They will be happy to be found after being lost for so long. Your sp spirit will need to sleep a while after it is bathed and given clean clothes. Now you can have a party. Invite everyone you know who loves and supports you. Keep room for those who have no place else to go. Make a giveaway. And remember, keep the speeches short. Then you must do this. Help the next person find their way through the dark. The scriptures in the lectionary this week continue the apocalyptic and prophetic dreaming of the first week of Advent, moving us from staying awake to the signs of the times to John the Baptist's vision of a new realm drawing near and what that new realm requires of those tr trying to prepare a way toward it. Let us consider together what the Spirit is saying to us through these sacred texts from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. 
Therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, and I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. We stood, a small group of us, around an upwelling of groundwater at the center of a spiral path. The invitation had been for those of us of European descent, those of us who are settlers on this land, to come and participate in a hands-in-soil, art-based experience, exploring our role in indigenous solidarity through weeding, storytelling, and skill shares to transform what are sometimes known as invasive plants into herbal medicine and paper. The wet chill of dusk was just starting to cover us as we each shared a bit about our lineages, what we knew of the lands and people we were from, and how we came to be here. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Our hosts and teachers introduced us to the land we were gathered on, Ohlone, Huishin, the villages of Lashan, Canticle Farm, Oakland. They honored the ongoing relationship the farm has with the indigenous kin who have been stewarding this land for generations. And they helped us start building relationships with the plant siblings we were encountering. Tuli, figs, crabgrass, yarrow, chola, Himalayan blackberry, buckthorn, sagebrush, toyon, we were invited to be present to one particular plant with our full selves, our full attention. The few moments we spent communing with these kin felt short, but the sun was setting and there was work to do. You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. As others began the process of removing the Bermuda grass that was edging out the roots of other plants, I joined the crew that was tending to a reclaimed creek bed, part of the watershed buried beneath concrete and asphalt now coaxed to resurface and flow. The whole waterway, our host told us, had been covered with a non-native species of blackberries, known for their aggressive growth and intense thorns. It took constant vigilance, they said, to keep the blackberries at bay and sustain the reclamation of the creek bed. As we dug into the soil to loosen the roots of these persistent blackberry vines, we noticed how their shade had helped keep the water from evaporating, 
even as the soil they created impeded the creek's flow. We talked about how strong, how the strong vines made good rope and how their fruit helped transfer water and nutrients from the soil to the birds and other beings. And we kept asking, what does this ecosystem restoration and native plant revitalization teach us about our role as settlers, gentrifiers, and displaced beings trying to find belonging in reciprocity? Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I found a familiar rhythm of following the vine back to the soil and then using my trowel to disentangle the roots from the soil and tugging at the vine to see if she was ready to let go. Dig, tug, dig, tug, dig, tug. All the while, Allie Halpert's song was singing in my spirit, a tender connection, a sweet prayer toward the ones we were inviting to find a different way of being in the world. Loosen, loosen, it whispered, set it free. You don't have to carry the weight of the world in your muscles and bones. Let go, let go, let go. Each time I tugged on the vine, the plant's thick thorns came through my gloves, pricking my skin despite the layers of protection. The harder I pulled, the deeper they went, and the more they hurt. I tried to discover the sweet spot of enough, but not too much, grip. How much to hold and let go, to unearth a root without bloodying my hands. As the shadows grew into darkness, we gathered up the vines and roots, carrying them toward a different destiny, with bits of dirt falling from their roots onto us and the ground, each step sending wafts of underground smells to surround us. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary but the chaff you will burn with unquenchable fire. With empty plates sitting by our sides after a delicious potluck and some warming elderberry tea, we sat in a circle holding space for the sharing of questions, insights, experiences of the evening. One person had learned from an indigenous farmer to name what we often call weeds or invasive, simply newcomers as a way out of our binary imagination of weed versus plant, good versus bad. Knowing how damaging those binaries can be, whether we're talking about the toxic use of herbicide or the toxicity of de debilitating shame that lives in ourselves. And how we can only do this reimagining through humility, accountability and reciprocity led by our indigenous relatives. 
Another person wondered about how to hold the value that newcomers can bring to an ecosystem when they are tended toward collaboration and contribution rather than dominance and control. Noting that even a so-called invasive species can become medicine, like Bermuda grass serving as an emetic. The Fiber House Collective describes the work this way. We want to rewrite the narrative and reframe these plants as partners rather than enemies. We will reimagine overabundant plants in our region as co-conspirators in the creation of something beneficial like cloth and paper. Yet we know that just like you aren't really the one who can call yourself an ally. We aren't really the ones who can call ourselves medicine. How we are in relation will make us medicine or not. A practice of becoming and perhaps never fully attaining. The spiral work of listening, reckoning, transforming, contributing over and over and over again as we work to heal our lineages and find right relationship with our indigenous relatives. We wondered, what could it be like to empower other newcomers to find the ways their presence can benefit the ecosystem, to learn to be collaborators and co-conspirators in decolonizing, to help each other discover how we can always strive to practice becoming medicine. In the book Abolition Now, 10 Years of Strategy and Struggle Against the Prison Industrial Complex, Alexis Pauling Gums offers this description of abolition. What if abolition isn't a shattering thing? not a crashing thing, not a wrecking ball event? What if abolition is something that sprouts out of the wet places in our eyes, the broken places in our skin, the waiting places in our palms, the tremble holding in my mouth when I turn to you? What if abolition is something that grows what if abolishing the prison industrial complex is the fruit of our diligent gardening, building, and deepening of a movement to respond to the violence of the state and the violence in our communities with sustainable, transformative love? I wonder if the preparing through repentance that John the Baptist calls us to in our scripture passage for today is this kind of transformation damaging or out of balance or misplaced or unserviceable, turned into warmth and light. In relationship with the ones who have been harmed, discovering through the spiral of accountability and reckoning and transforming and contributing how we might become medicine. Maybe when John the Baptist said the axe is at the root of the tree, he was asking something like Alexis Pauline Gums. Maybe he was asking, what if repentance isn't a shattering thing, not a crashing thing, not a wrecking ball event? What if repentance is something that sprouts 
out of the wet places in our eyes, the broken places in our skin, the waiting places in our palms, the tremble holding in my mouth when I turn to you. What if repentance is something that grows? What if repentance is the fruit of our diligent gardening, the building and deepening of a movement to respond to the violence of the state and the violence in our communities with sustainable, transformative love? Therefore, beloveds, bear fruit worthy of repentance. For our call to action this week, I want to invite you to spend some time listening to stories of the rematriation of lands, paying particular attention to the contributions and collaborations that have been a part of these efforts. Check out the recording of the amazing online story sharing event, Land Return, Return to Land, to hear some of these stories from across California. What do these stories have to teach us about contribution, collaboration, repentance, and becoming medicine through decolonial practices? You can find the link to a recording of the event in the transcript and the description of the podcast. I also encourage you to spend some time with the eco-beatitudes created by Reverend Anna Bladel and Reverend M. Jade Kaiser on the Enfleshed website as a way of engaging in the kind of repentance to which John the Baptist calls us, and that moves us toward decolonial racial justice. Choose one concrete act, one practice to engage in that leans into the sustainable transformative love for which we are called to prepare the way this Advent season. Thanks as always for joining us. We'd love to hear from you all by commenting on our SoundCloud or Twitter or Facebook pages or filling out the survey on our podcast page at surge.org. Give us a like or rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you check out our podcasts. You can find out more about Surge at surge.org, where you can sign up for Surge Faith updates and find transcripts for every episode, which include references, resources, and action links. And finally, a huge thanks to our sound editor, Claire Hitchens. As we close out our time together, I want to offer you these words of blessing from Jan Richardson's Advent Liturgy, Prepare. Strange how one word will so hollow you out. But this word has been in the wilderness for months, years. This word is what remained after everything else was worn away by sand and stone. It is what withstood the glaring of sun by day and the weeping loneliness of the moon at night. Now it comes to you racing out of the wild, eyes blazing and waving its arm, its voice ragged with desert, but piercing and loud as it speaks itself again and again. Prepare, prepare. It may feel like the word is leveling you, emptying you, 
as it asks you to give up what you have known. It is impolite and hardly tame, but when it falls upon your lips, you will wonder at the sweetness, like honey that finds its way into the hunger you had not known was there.